Hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast. I am your singular host of the show, Nick. Um, your sidekick host, Brandon. Sidekick host, Brandon, mm-hmm. at sidekick host on Twitter, in fact. This is the Tennis Podcast. This is a show where every week we review the latest TV shows. <laughs> well, I'm not prepared to do that today, but okay, we'll try. Curveball, this has all been, this has been a 14-month April Fool's joke where we lull the listeners into thinking we're a top 10 podcast, but psych, fucking idiots, we're actually a TV review podcast starting now. We're going to talk about real housewives. That's right. And what we actually talk about is every week, either myself or my sidekick host bring a top 10-ish list on any topic in the entire universe. The other one of us tries to guess without any prior heads up of any kind. Brandon, today is your lucky day. I knew it. Why? You might recall, I brought up last week that I sent out a survey to our listeners. Mm -hmm. And by the way, if you are a listener, you should go to tennispod.com slash survey. Take that survey to help us improve our show, you selfish animals. Tennispod.com slash survey. I asked people, what are the types of lists you want to see more of? The two front runners, history web trends such as Google, stuff like that. And I got both, two in one today. Sweet. We're going to put your history skills to the test, Brandy. Okay. Today, we're talking about the most viewed Wikipedia pages of all time, specifically in the category of pre-modern people. So, what does that mean? Yeah, who are modern people? I'm going to tell you. This is, I'm going to read about a paragraph here from Wikipedia. Okay. First of all, Wikipedia is a top 10 website worldwide in terms of traffic. The most viewed Wikipedia pages, literal page views on individual Wikipedia articles, Wikipedia publishes this themselves every year. Mm -hmm. And being one of the best indicators of, quote, what the collective world is thinking about, this list of most Wikipedia pages receives wide attention every year. So, the category of pre-modern people includes personalities born before AD 1400 who cannot compete with our contemporaries like Barack Obama and Michael Jackson. The general top 30 list of people includes 24 living people. So, in other words, out of the top 30 of all people of all time, Mm -hmm. 24 are living. Okay. And so, it's, uh, it's an unfair comparison. People who are closer to modern history have a higher weight because there is more information about them. There's a top 30 people period list. There's a top list for living people and then there's a top list for pre-modern people, which Wikipedia defines as anyone born before AD 1400. Let me read you one more thing here. Um, In total, as of October 2019, Wikipedia has articles for 1.6 million individual people. People who lived from the beginning of history until the year 1900, which is 98% of all humans in history constitute only 12% of Wikipedia page use for people. So, again, that's just an illustration of how the data skewed much more in the favor of living people. And so... Or living in the now. This data is for Wikipedia all-time page views from uh, December 2007 as of January 2019. And for context, the number one Wikipedia article ever of any kind, person or otherwise, is the United States Wikipedia page with 200 million views. Just people around the world trying to figure out what is going on over there. Pretty much. So, with 200 million views for United States, that is kind of a a context to what you can expect for views in the top 10 here. These are pages or these are people? These are page views to people pages. (laughs) And the people were born before the year 1400. Yes. Okay. So, there's a lot. Yeah. 
And so, you're going to get a history lesson on this episode and in fact, there's so much to cover. I have so many notes for better or worse. It's a two-part episode. We'll see how it goes. You're going to get a crash course in history. So, Brandon. So far, I'm off to a bad start because I made my notes list here and I forgot three when I numbered from one to ten. So, yeah. I feel like I'm at a, at a handicap already. Maybe our next episode should just be the top ten numbers, one through ten and you can try to guess the order, see how you do. Mm-hmm. Let's just dive right in. Give me, we'll just rattle off a few historical figures that uh, you might not think are in the top ten but that would qualify as living before 1400. A lot of Bible characters that I remember from Sunday school like Zacchaeus, the wee little man. Do you remember him? No. There was a, uh, like a, a Sunday school song, Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. He climbed up the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. It was about a guy who was short so, he climbed up in a tree so he could see Jesus and then Jesus walked by and he was like, hey, get out of that tree. Come down here. <laughs> you get a front row seat. Come give me a hug. And then Zacchaeus got his name in the Bible. For that? That's all he did? He was little and he climbed a tree. He must have been adorable. Oh, was he trying to see over a crowd or something? Yeah, he was trying. Everyone was like, look, it's Jesus. Yeah. And he scampered up a tree. It's like if uh, the rock walks into a room now, people are climbing trees to get a good look. Yeah. Yeah. But really, that's all you got to do. So, Jesus died for our sins on a cross. Moses parted the Red Sea. Noah built an ark and this guy climbed a fucking tree. He climbed a tree okay. and I remember his name all these years later. His ass ain't in here. How about Hadrian? No. The Roman conqueror? Nope. So, I actually have the top, I think this is top 50 here. There's mm -hmm. a lot of ties so it's hard to tell. But I believe top 50 here and he's not, he's not in here. I'm going to guess one more. I think should be in the top 10 but might not be and I'm going to use the pronunciation from Dan Carlin's Hardcore History, Genghis Khan. I'm going to guess that he is one of the most influential people in history but he is not in the top 10. So, let's think about what makes the top 10 real quick. Mm -hmm. This is driven by the amount of times people search for and land on the page for Genghis Khan, right? On Wikipedia. So, they could have started on Google, mm -hmm. done a Google search for Genghis Khan. Wikipedia is usually one of the first few Or been linked from another page. Right. Right. Or just went to Wikipedia itself and did a search. Right. That could be students writing a paper. It could be old boring nerds like you and I that just like reading wanna history. Want to read, yeah. Want to learn. That's basically the measure here. Genghis Khan is in the top 10. Ah, uh, damn. I thought it was going to... I thought that would be a surprise that you know, people should be more interested in him but they're... No, I think you'll actually be kind of impressed with this list. Impressed with people for the most part on what they're searching for. Okay. Well, I guess uh, I've, I've broken into the top 10 already. Where does old Genghis Genghis Khan fall? Old Genghis Khan is number five. Probably about right where he should be. And uh, I got to tell you that in the top 10... Remember the criteria is that they were born before the year 1400. Genghis Khan is the most recent person <laughs> in the top 10. Oh my God. He lived between 1162 and 1227 AD. Isn't it fucking incredible that they can nail down <laughs> the exact Of this years? guy that was born in a hut covered yeah. in fur out in the middle of Mongolia. And yeah. they have this shit for almost everyone in here. They have exact years or like within a year or two and that blows my mind. And by the way, I don't even know how they sort and sift through all this history. We're going to talk a lot about that today about how like the sources for the knowledge of these people but there's quite a bit of it that they can like say with pretty uh, with a decent amount of certainty that it's just amazing. Okay. 
Let me tell you about Genghis Khan. So, he died in 1227 AD. Mm-hmm. He was uh, born... I don't know how to pronounce this. I'm going to give it a shot. But his birth name was just Temujin. Before you go further, when talking about history of him and pronunciations, again, Dan Carlin's hardcore history, they are very long, they are very dry sounding, but they are really fascinating. And he's good at all those pronunciations. He's a great storyteller. He talks about a mountain of skulls and cool metal shit like that. So, if you're into history, if you've never heard of it, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History probably has a lot more on what we're going to talk about today, but it won't have as many yucks. Yeah, you said he's a great podcaster, but does he talk about hot dogs and killer clowns endlessly? He's, I don't think so. I never heard him mention a butt. Brandon makes a good point though. We're going to barely scratch the surface today on all these people, but podcasts like the one he just mentioned as well as Wikipedia itself, and there's thousands of books out there on all these guys. If you're interested, look it up. Don't hold it against us that we're kind of doing a high-level overview of everybody here. We have to just for the sake of time. And we're not historians. We're not smart. Yeah. So, for each entry here, I have the number of Wikipedia page views of all time for this person as well as the first one or two sentences from their Wikipedia article. Mm -hmm. So, first of all, Genghis Khan number uh, five, he has 29 million page views ever on Wikipedia as of January 2019. He was born to Mujin. He was the founder and first Great Khan of the Mongol Empire, which became the largest contiguous empire in history after his death. He came to power by uniting many of the nomadic tribes of Northeast Asia. After founding the empire and being proclaimed Genghis Khan, he launched the Mongol invasions that conquered most of Eurasia. Yeah. These dudes were terrifying too. Oh, yeah. I, I got some shit on that, but isn't it weird to think like the world today... You know, not to discount all the wars and bloodshed that still happens, obviously. Mm -hmm. But back in this time, like the name of the game was conquering. Can you imagine like you were born out in the middle of like Mongolia somewhere and you have a small tribe and you're 12 years old and your whole life has been with this small group of people. You've just started to learn a little bit about how to hunt and... Your whole life has been like living very close to the earth in this region and living very close to the small group of people. And one day you like come out of your tent or whatever and there's just this horde of guys on horseback. Yeah, no notice. Riding as fast as they can towards you and you don't like your brain can't even process it. And then they just come up and shoot you and everyone you love full of arrows and you see people chopped up, raped and dismembered in front of you. Every day of your life was nearly the same until that last day and the most horrific shit that's ever happened to anybody happened. And all that stuff happened all the time through history. That oh, yeah. When I start reading about it, it makes me kind of like, one, feel really lucky for when we li- when and where we live, but also feel like sick to my stomach about how like how much fucked up stuff used to happen and probably still happens that we don't hear about. The shit that we complain about today does seem pretty small when you when you think about the things you just said, and when you think about the plentiful bounty of heinous crimes perpetrated by Genghis Khan and his armies. <laughs> Let me tell you a little bit about that. By the end of his life. The uh, Mongol Empire occupied a substantial portion of Central Asia and China. Known for the brutality of his campaigns, Genghis Khan is considered by many to have been a genocidal ruler. (laughs) Yep. However, he is also credited with bringing the Silk Road under one cohesive political environment. This brought relatively easy communication and trade between Northeast Asia, Muslim Southwest Asia, 
and Christian Europe, expanding the cultural horizons of all three areas. So, he did, he did some good things. It's, yeah, like, uh, oh, he is a mixed bag, isn't he? Yeah. He died in August 1227. And one of my favorite things of doing the research for today for hashtag Nick's Notes was seeing how all these people died because most of the time there's... It's like how got an infection. Well, that's true. But what I was going to say is that it's a lot of conflicting reports mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes they range from like a grand, you know, blazing <laughs> exit to, to like, like dying on the toilet. To, yeah, to like stubbing their toe. Let me tell you about Genghis Khan's death. So, he died in August 1227 during the fall of Yunchuan, which is the capital of Western Xia. Wait. X-I-A, how do you say I'm that? I'm going to guess. They had a big party and he chowed down on rotten fruit and milk. There is someone else in the top <laughs> 10 that's very close to that. <laughs> okay. Uh, and you're referring to the president, right? What was it? Yeah, I can't remember which president it was. You can go back to our episode on the... Worst, worst presidents. presidents in U.S. history and enjoy the answer to that, which I've forgotten. Brandon's bulletins don't really stick with me either. No, they're like Chinese food. The exact cause of his death remains a mystery and is variously attributed to being killed in action against the Western Zaya. Okay. Illness, mm-hmm. falling from his horse. Oh, no. Or, wo- <laughs> or wounds sustained in hunting or battle. That's it. It's like all of the ways that guys used to die back then. Yeah. Isn't that how Robert Baratheon died? He died in wounds sustained while hunting? Yeah, and it's also how Freddie Mercury died. (laughs) Hunting for butt. Whoa. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, that's what he was hunting for. Years before his death, Genghis Khan asked to be buried without markings, according to the customs of his tribe. After he died, his body was returned to Mongolia and presumably to his birthplace of, not even going to try to pronounce it, where many assume he is buried somewhere close to the Anan River and the Burkhan Khaldun Mountain. According to legend, the funeral escort killed anyone and anything across their path <laughs> Why? to conceal where oh. he was finally buried. Can you imagine just fucking picking berries on some grand mass mountain trail and someone just comes up? They're like, we can't, we're not going to take a chance. Murder was their answer to every problem. Isn't it interesting that this hugely important figure, one of the most, undeniably one of the most important people that has ever lived, they don't even know where he's buried. They can pinpoint the year and month in which he was born and died, but they cannot pinpoint. So, he's out there somewhere. Uh Uh-uh. Well, they're probably afraid they'll still get killed. (laughs) Right. That's all I got on Mr. Khan. You know, for a brief overview... I think he hit the high points. Well, we should end with that at some point in his career, there was a mountain of skulls. I'd say it's a safe bet. No, I know there was. It was mentioned. It's mentioned in one of the episodes of Dan Carlin's Hardcore History series on Genghis Khan. And at some point during his uh, adventures. Adventures, yeah. uh, there, There was tell of a mountain of skulls. And you know what's so weird about that is... When I read his Wikipedia article- <laughs> That's the, Game of Thrones shit. Yeah. The impression I get from his Wikipedia article, granted, I didn't know the man, but he seemed like he was probably nice and reasonable on a personal level. But fucking ruthless. Yes. Like I would- It's like a businessman, right? It's just business. Right. The skulls is to warn others and like there's a rationale behind it. Yeah. He's not like getting yeah. excited about it. He's like, this is a- Yeah. Well, we don't- We're making assumptions. Let's be clear. <laughs> he could have been- but yeah, it's Genghis Khan. Heck, heck of a guy. Heck of a guy, hell of an ass, legend has it. Uh, he has one of the longer Wikipedia articles here too. We know a lot more about Genghis than we do some others in here. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because, you know, again, these are the people that are most sought out and viewed on Wikipedia and some of their Wikipedia articles are not long at all because there's not much known about them. Right. Interesting. Okay. Give me another guess. 
How about Aristotle? Yes, what number? Four. Six. Ah. Holy shit, you need to go back to, you need to go back to second grade, Brandon. <laughs> second grade history. Jesus. Number six, Aristotle. Who was Aristotle, Brandon? Tell the folks at home. Science and math. Honestly, I've, I have known a real answer to that at some point in my life, but all I can tell you right now is like science, math, and astronomy. Okay, Aristotle. Most people have probably heard the name, but you're right. Most people probably don't really remember what he's known for. He lived between 384 and 322 BC. He has 27 million Wikipedia page views. Again, he's number six right after Genghis. First lines from his Wikipedia article, Aristotle was a Greek philosopher and polymyth during the classical period in ancient Greece. Along with his teacher Plato, he has been called the father of Western philosophy. Oh, philosophy. See, I took intro to philosophy. I probably knew that at some point, but not now. This guy lived before fucking people knew how to wipe their ass. <laughs> and his shit was so influential that he has traditions named after him, Aristotelian, and he's still talked about to this day. It's crazy. Imagine being that important. That's what people are going to talk about this show, Brandon, in a couple thousand years. I wonder what he w wiped with. Fucking, you know, poetry writings, shit. <laughs> One of the longest, most information-heavy pages on Wikipedia in the top 10. So, here's his writings. You mentioned math and shit. He did some of that. His uh, writings cover many subjects, including... <laughs> Look at this. This is just a, yeah, a little line on his resume here. Uh-huh. Physics, biology, zoology, metaphysics, logic, ethics, aesthetics, poetry, theater, music, rhetoric, psychology, linguistics, economics, politics, and government. Okay, so no math, but a lot of other shit. Good Lord. Little is known about his life. However, he was born in the city of Dedria in northern Greece. His father, Nicomachus, died when Aristotle was a child and he was brought up by a guardian. I can already see the tweets coming my way about my mispronunciations. Fuck off. Yeah, get over it. Fuck off. At 17 or 18, he joined Plato's Academy in Athens and remained there until the age of 37. Shortly after Plato died, Aristotle left Athens and tutored Alexander the Great beginning in 343 BC. He so, established isn't that fun? Wait, another thing. Aristotle, he's so big, he's number six on this list, but he was also t the like teacher for someone else who I'm going to guess is, uh, I'm not going to guess it yet, but I will later guess that is also in the top 10. So, these two dudes were just partying and Plato was hanging out with them too. How do you get all three of these huge dudes? There's more too. There, those three and then others that are and are not in the top 10 were all around at the same time. Sammy Davis Jr.? Yep. I knew it. He's the other one, right? Yeah. <laughs> in a robe. Though Aristotle, With a martini doing jokes. <laughs> are you done? Yeah. Okay. Though Aristotle wrote many elegant treatises. Treat treatises. Treatise. I don't know. And dialogues for publication, only around a third of his original output has survived. None of it intended for publication. So, he wrote a ton of shit. None of it intended for publication. And of that, only a third has survived. And he's still... <laughs> it just kind of... I don't know. It just kind of hit me like the weight of this man's legacy. Part of his diary is what we're talking about here. Yeah. So, stuff that he just wrote for fun for his own like... Before people knew they're supposed to like brush their teeth. Like <laughs> before, like this guy's thinking about like the deepest philosophy that survived that with principles that survive prominently to this day. You imagine and you go like Bill and Ted. Yeah. You get in the phone booth and you go back and land in front of Aristotle and you're like, I can't believe it's you. 
I've studied you. We all study you. You've completely influenced the way the people in where I come from think and communicate. And then he smiles and his mouth is just full of like, like chunks of shit <laughs> in his teeth. <laughs> like, and then you're immediately turned off like, oh my God, this motherfucker doesn't know how to brush his teeth. He's naked and he's like a caveman essentially. <laughs> They're all just covered in feces, like scratching in the dirt. Well, I don't know. We got it wrong. Do you remember in our conspiracy episode, I talked about like a false history? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I believe it, but it is interesting to think about like, what if this guy never even existed? And or what if everything he did is actually the work of several other people or one other person and he just got his name attached to it somehow? Like, like Shakespeare? Yeah. I'm not saying that's what happened here. I'm just talking. But like, it's interesting to think that you know, as close as we can get to being pretty sure of details like this, nobody really fucking knows. You know what I mean? Like, it's just impossible to have a super high level of evidence and certainty on shit that happened three or four hundred years before AD. And you know how you go find out what the answers are? Hmm. You go scratch around in the dirt. Or you listen to this show. That's right. Aristotle, number six in the top ten. Okay. I feel like I've got some guesses here, but I don't even have enough for the top 10. So, I'm going to start making some... I mentioned Alexander the Great. We just talked about Plato. Is Alexander the Great number four on the list? Number two. Damn. And Alexander the Great is a somewhat controversial entry into this list and I'll explain why in a moment. Okay. But uh, he's number two. He was believed to uh, have lived in 356 to 323 BC, not very long. He has 39 million Wikipedia page views and the first sentence from his page is that he was a king of the ancient Greek kingdom of Macedon. Mm -hmm. During his youth, Alexander was tutored by Aristotle until age 16. After his father Philip's assassination in 336 BC, he succeeded his father to the throne and inherited a strong kingdom and an experienced army. He spent most of his ruling years on an unprecedented military campaign through Asia and Northeast Africa. By the age of 30, he had created one of the largest empires in the ancient world, stretching from Greece to northwestern India. He was undefeated in battle and is widely considered one of the history's most successful military commanders. I said he was controversial. I was actually thinking of someone else, so scratch that. Oh. I have more, but I'll pause there. What, what's your take on Mr. Great in the number two spot? I mean, I think that's in the western world, that's definitely where he lands. I don't really know that much about him. I didn't even see the goofy movie with Colin Farrell. Oh, yeah. I didn't either. Just add it to the list. I got berated and bullied this past week, Brandon, for not seeing all the movies in our top 10 quotes. Yeah, but I think that was a movie, like a shitty movie. Uh, Did he ever have war elephants? You know, Brandon, Wikipedia just wasn't clear on the war elephants. Well, I'm about to find out. All right. I'm going to read something else while you do that. Yeah, go, go on. Alexander the Great founded some 20 cities that bore his name, most notably Alexandria in Egypt. Alexander became legendary as a classical hero in the mold of Achilles and he features prominently in the history and mythic traditions of both Greek and non-Greek cultures. He became the measure against which military leaders compared themselves and military academies throughout the world still teach his tactics. He is often ranked among the most influential people in history. He fought war elephants against the people of India. Was Alexander and also Genghis, were they like on the battlefield? I think so. Think about the battle scenes in Game of Thrones. How do you fucking survive one of those, much less like dozens or hundreds? I do not know. Okay. 
Yeah, or like the battle scenes in Braveheart where it's just chaos of metal swinging around people's heads and arms. Um, let's see. So, the, in this battle, it's called the Battle of Hydaspes. Eventually, the two forces met, arrayed themselves for battle. The Indians were poised with cavalry on both flanks, fronted by their chariots, while the center, comprising infantry with war elephants, stationed every 50 feet in front of them to deter Alexander's Macedonian cavalry. The Indians' war elephants were heavily armored and had castle-like howdahs. They had like a structure on their back that carried three archers and javelin throwers. That is fucking nuts. That's intimidating. What would you do if you saw a war elephant with that structure on his back and three archers marching towards your bedroom window? Oh, here you go. The leader of the Indians, Porus, eschewing the usual tradition of Indian kings fighting from a chariot, was mounted atop his tallest war elephant. This animal was not equipped with that structure on the back because the king was clad in chainmail armor. Why don't they make TV shows that are just this shit? Why don't they not have the fucking king in battle? Is he really needed there? And by the way, how goddamn scary would it be to be on a huge structure on top of a walking elephant? How about for these guys who had never even heard of an elephant before? Yeah. And there's just a big fucking monster over there with people <laughs> on it. But then they're like, well, he's a monster, but he's cute. Look at his, look at his little trunk. I think if they just took this guy's life, they just took Alexander the Great and said, we're going to put Game of Thrones money into just a straight up historical series on this guy's life, people would watch this shit. Wouldn't it just be Game of Thrones again? That's minus the like they, Minus the shitty ending? Yeah, I think people would really like that. Yeah. Let me tell you about his death. There's a lot on his death. Okay. On either the 10th or 11th of June, 323 BC, Alexander died in the palace of Nebuchadnezzar II in Babylon at age 32. He did all this shit by age 32. There are two different versions of Alexander's death and details of the death differ slightly in each. Plutarch's account is that roughly 14 days before his death, Alexander entertained Admiral Nearchus and spent the night and next day drinking with Medeus of Larissa. He developed a fever, which worsened until he was unable to speak. The common soldiers anxious about his health, were granted the, night, uh, granted the right to file past him <laughs> as he silently waved at them. <laughs> In the second account, do you, <laughs> do you like the, he's just like, he can't even talk, he's so sick and he's dying <laughs> and they all want to walk past him so he can wave at them before he dies. Thank you. Uh, in the second account of his death, Diodorus uh, recounts that Alexander was struck with pain after downing a large bowl of unmixed wine in honor of Hercules. Uh, of Heracles, sorry. Oh. Followed by 11 days of weakness. <laughs> so, he's just like someone told him about Hercules. He's like, fuck yeah, give me a drink. Guy's badass. <laughs> Unmixed wine. That sounds great. He did not develop a fever and died after some agony. Several natural causes have also been suggested by historians including malaria and typhoid fever. Our friend's typhoid fever. So, about his burial. He was laid in a gold sarcophagus that was filled with honey, which was in turn placed into a gold casket. Holy That's hell. in your will, right, Brandon? Yeah, that's how I want to go. Put me in, drown me in honey. Uh, listen to this who's who of who visited his tomb. Pompey, Julius Caesar, and Augustus all visited the tomb in Alexandria where Augustus allegedly accidentally knocked the nose off of his tomb. How do you do that? Caligula was said to have taken Alexander's breastplate from the tomb for his own use. Maybe he thought breastplate was like 
you know, booby plate. <laughs> yeah, he could just fondle it. He put it on. He was like, oh, man, this chick was flat. <laughs> Caligula, Pompey, Julius Caesar, Augustus, Alexander the Great, Plato, Aristotle, and one more name all lived and interacted around the same time. They're like the, the highwaymen, the country music supergroup, the highwaymen. You got number two, Alexander the Great, number five, Genghis Khan, number six, Aristotle. How about Cleopatra? Cleopatra, not in the top ten. Oh. Are there any women in the top ten? What are you, a fucking social justice warrior? I'm trying to just figure out what to guess. No, unfortunately, there is zero women in the top ten. Oh. There's one. Cleopatra, Joan of Arc, Mary. I'm like Mary, at, the like, mother the... of Jesus, probably would have been in my, like some of my first picks for women. I'm looking at the top 50. There's only two women in the top 50. That's pretty... Joan of Arc is number yeah. 11. Cleopatra is tied for number 16. Okay. Uh, all right. How about Confucius? Confucius is tied for number 24. Oh. How about Moses? Moses is also tied with Cleopatra for 16, along with Augustus. William Wallace, those are, those are all 16 tied. Okay. We mentioned him earlier. How about Plato? Plato. My man Plato, number eight. He invented the colorful, squishy mm. children's substance, children's toy substance. You know, I almost wrote a joke about that and then I said, nah, too obvious. No. Nope. Here we are. Well, fuck it. I went for it. Slam dunk. Plato was the teacher of Aristotle. By the way, Aristotle taught Socrates, who is number 11 along with Joan of Arc. Old Socrates? I'm going to scratch him off my list. All right. Plato, Plato. He lived, there's some debate, but it's complicated. But he was basically born in the 420s. 420, light it up. Legalize it. And he died <laughs> around, around the 340s BC. Okay. Legalize it. 23 million Wikipedia page views and the first lines from his article say, Plato was an Athenian philosopher during the classical period in ancient Greece, founder of the Platonist school of thought in the academy, the first institution of higher learning in the Western world. Uh, other notes, he is widely considered the pivotal figure in ancient history of ancient Greek and Western philosophy along with his teacher Socrates. Oh, I said Socrates was Aristotle's student, but I had that wrong. Socrates taught. Socrates was first, then yeah. Plato, then Aristotle. Yeah. Plato has often been cited as one of the founders of Western religion and spirituality. So, thanks for that, Plato. Yeah, thanks. Plato was the innovator of the written dialogue and debate and forms of philosophy. Plato is also considered the founder of Western political philosophy. So, thanks for that. Unlike the work of nearly all of his contemporaries, Plato's entire body of work is believed to have survived intact for over 2,400 years. Although their popularity has fluctuated over the years, the works of Plato have never been without readers since the time they were written. My last line is about his death. Most agree that Plato died in his early 80s on or near his birthday. A variety of sources have given accounts of his death. One story suggests that Plato died in his bed whilst a young Thracian girl played the flute to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that is that <laughs> played the flute to him. Is that a... Play the flute for me, baby. Yeah. Another tradition suggests Plato died at a wedding feast. And according to one other tale, he, quote, simply died in his sleep. <laughs> so, which one of those, we don't know. That's Plato. Hell of a philosophy guy. Hell of an ass. 
It's a weird way to like ruin somebody's wedding. <laughs> to just die. Like, hey, I'm the smartest dude that's ever been alive so far. I'm going to eat myself to death at your wedding reception. <laughs> while, some, while some chick plays all over my flute. Yeah. <laughs> Plato said a lot of shit. Can we agree on that? Yeah. You know who else said a lot of shit? A lot of people said a lot of shit in history and that's why you, the listener, should listen to our newest Patreon bonus episode. It was just published this past weekend. It's called, Who Said It? Matching quotes to celebrities and historical figures. Basically, I took 10 quotes, 10 celebrities and Brandon played mix and match and here, enjoy a short preview of that new bonus episode. Go through the names again real quick. Mm -hmm. We got Donald Trump, Kim Kardashian, Adolf Hitler, Mel Gibson, Princess Diana, Jeffrey Dahmer, Stephen King, Dr. Phil, Kermit the Frog, Marilyn Monroe. And Brandon's going to tell me which celebrity he thinks the quote belongs to. Okay? Yeah. All right. Let's start with, if life were easy, it wouldn't be difficult. Who said that? It sounds like the kind of condescending but yet vapid thing that Dr. Phil would say to one of his guests. I say that one is Dr. Phil. Hey, you want to spend your Dr. Phil card right here at the front. All right. Because once you assign it to to a celebrity, you're sticking with it till the end. I got that's I'm being bold. I really feel like that one is Dr. Phil. Although smell of cavity is a strong contender for him as well. So then read me this quote back as Dr. Phil. If life were easy, it wouldn't be difficult. If life were easy, it wouldn't be difficult. <laughs> And that's how condescending he would say it. Like, how, how could you not have fucking thought of this before you stepped out here? <laughs> I'd love for him to say that to a person on his show. How could you not have fucking thought of this? He is some, sometimes so aggressive with his advice. I mean, these are people who are mentally ill and he gets mad at their lack of common sense. Like, yeah, the... This lady takes a puppet with her everywhere she goes. Yeah, most of the what comes out of her mouth is fucking nonsense, bro. You ready for the next quote? Yes. All right, the next quote. I'm as thick as a plank. Wasn't that cute, Brandon? Did you have fun with that game? I loved it. You can listen to that episode in full as well as all of our other bonus episodes at patreon.com slash 10ishpod patreon.com slash tennis pod brandon you know who else is a patron of the tennis podcast everyone else in this top 10 so give me another guess julius caesar julius caesar what number number four three you got one right oh my god pathetic just awful uh he lived between 144 bc 35 million Wikipedia page views. Tell us who Julius Caesar is, Brandon. Julius Caesar was a Roman general and emperor. He crossed the Rubicon. He fought some guys in the German area, something like that. Anyway, he came back to Rome, a conquering hero. He was the emperor. And then his friends in the Senate conspired against him and they stabbed the shit out of him Mm -hmm. on the steps out front. That's what we know about. That's what I know about. That's the cool thing about like Europe as opposed to like America. Shit that happened thousands of years ago, like you can go visit that place, that exact spot. Right. 
And you can do that in Rome. Everything you said was pretty spot on. He died on the Ides of March in 44 BC, stabbed to death by his friendskies. After that, a new series of civil wars broke out and in the constitutional government of the Republic was never fully restored. Caesar's adopted heir Octavian, later known as Augustus, rose to sole power after defeating his opponents in the civil war. And after that, the era of the Roman Empire began. Caesar is considered by many historians to be one of the greatest military commanders in history, right behind the current commander-in-chief. <laughs> the current commander-in-chief for the United States? For yeah. the United States. That's Julius Caesar. Is that... He is like the original Caesar as far as like that name being a thing, right? Yeah. The name for emperor then became Caesar and that's also where the term Kaiser and the term Tsar are based in. Yeah, if you say so. Uh, well, it is. <laughs> okay. We'll have to do some uh, follow-up on that, get back to you, see if that's accurate. He was deaf in one ear. Did you know that? No. He was deaf in one ear. He was... Well, actually, no, that was from Shakespeare. Was that true or just in Shakespeare? I don't know. What's your take on Shakespeare? Was his ass a person? Like, was it a bunch of people? Yeah. I have no idea. I've heard it was, but I, I really honestly do not know. I haven't looked at it. How do we not it. know that? But we know that like Aristotle in the BCs, how do we know his ass? Yeah, I don't get it. And I also, I understand that Shakespeare is good. And when I learned it and then had those notes, those side-by-side -side notes that kind of tell you what the hell they just said, I would eventually enjoy it. But I have no idea how someone can go to a, a Shakespeare play having never heard it before and listen to the words and, under, and follow what's being said. Is that how they really talk back then? Or is I that... Don't, no, I don't think so because he created a lot of new words and turns of phrase. So, I, I don't think so. I know that they, they did speak very differently. I once heard, it was a YouTube channel where they tried to recreate what the English accent would have sounded like at the time of Shakespeare and read some of his works like the same way you would have heard it in the Globe Theater and it was completely incomprehensible to me. But even spoken in modern day plain English, I still cannot follow. I get a lot of feedback from our listeners about that with you. About how Can't stupid I am about Shakespeare? No, about how stupid you are at speaking English. Oh, well, this is more about understanding. I, I agree with what you said though. It's, it's very difficult to get into but his work has survived yeah. hundreds of years. So, who are, who are we? There you go. That's Shakespeare for you. Let me tell you some uh, heavy hitters here that you might be surprised to learn are not in the top 10. Uh, you've already said a few of them like Cleopatra, Socrates, Moses, Confucius, Charlemagne, mm -hmm. Achilles, Joan of Arc. Was Galileo uh, before 1400? Yes, I think so. Okay. I wrote him down. He's not in the top 10? No, not in the top 10. No Shit. Marco Polo, no Homer of the Odyssey and the Iliad, although I know there's... Oh, yeah. There's a discussion on whether he was one person as well. And my biggest surprise, King Tut was not in the top 10. I had him written down too. And Joan of Arc, I think I missed her, but Joan of Arc not in the top 10. She was actually born in 1412, but she's still included on the list. So, you're missing 9, 10, 7, seven 4, four and, one. and 1. Well, is Ramses on there? No. How about Copernicus? Nope. Copernicus. We're getting in trouble here. How about Herod? No. How about, oh, uh, David? No, David's tied for 29. Oh, God. Uh, all right. Well, I got a bunch scratched out here, so I got to go with one that I was kind of saving. Show me Jesus. Show me Jesus. What number? I'm going to guess number one. Number one. 
Jesus. Now, it says he was born in 4 BC, but how does that work? Because isn't AD based on his birthday? I thought it was. Well, it says he's born in 4 BC and he died in uh, either 30 or 33 AD. He, his page is 43 million pages. So, let's address the elephant in the room, the normal colored elephant, not the white elephant as I was so obnoxiously corrected recently in an episode. Mm-hmm. Virtually all modern scholars agree that Jesus existed historically, although the quest for the historical Jesus has produced little agreement on the historical reliability of the Gospels in the Bible and how closely the Jesus portrayed in the Bible reflects the historical Jesus. So, here's the facts. Mm-hmm. Most historians agree there was a man named Jesus walked the earth. Obviously, the debate is more centered around was he who he said he was. We've talked about this on this show. Jesus was either A, exactly who he said he was. B, a liar and a con artist. C, crazy. He thought he was who he was, but he wasn't. Mm -hmm. And you could maybe add D, that he didn't do any of this and it was all written about him after the fact. Where would it fall into those options that if he was a... So, from what I understand at that time, there were a lot of people who claimed to be a prophet or a healer or even a messiah. But part of what, why he was so popular or special and why a religion was built around him was... Many religions were built around him. Right. But that he, um, that he was all of these things and that the reason that he was all of these things was that after he died, he was a... I'm trying to think of the right word, like a convenient or a, like a perfect totem for people to attribute prophecies right. or even commandments from God or beliefs you know, they could write, well, Jesus said this and maybe he said something similar or maybe he didn't say anything at all, but now it's been attributed to him and so yeah, much. Yeah, and he's long gone. Right. So, yeah, th- I think there's definitely a dude, but I think it's really hard to know. Let, let's assume for a second that he was real or, or that he was who he said he was, right? Let's assume that's all real. Yeah. Even so, we're still depending on second, third, fourth, fifth account. The words of men. The words of men that have been translated a thousand times over in a million different languages since then. So, even if Jesus was the Son of God, there is no guarantee, far from a guarantee, that the details and accounts written in the Bible are exactly right. I feel like if you are going to take his teachings and follow them, you have to kind of like read all of it and absorb all of it but kind of let it coalesce into more of like a a feeling or like something that could guide you rather than like try to make a list of things that he said and follow it to the letter. You know what I mean? Like general ideas like having compassion. Yeah, absolutely. Or not seeking vengeance. Well, that one I like. (laughs) But yeah, trying to follow it like to the letter. How can you follow it to the letter if those letters have been changed like nine times before they get to your eyes? Way more than nine. But, you know, it's not our intent here to have some sort of atheist versus whatever discussion. Yeah, I could be wrong. I could be going to hell. Well, we've had the same discussion about a lot of people in the top 10. The whole point of this discussion, it's not just Jesus, it's all of these people. I said it before. We're depending on historical record and inaccurate time to <laughs> report on historical things. I think the more you probably read about this, the more you were uh, certain. <laughs> you were certain that history had been created. Jesus, let me tell you a little more about our friend Jesus here. First lines from Wikipedia says he is referred to as, also referred to as Jesus of Nazareth and Jesus Christ. He was a first century Jewish preacher and religious leader. He is the central figure of Christianity 
and most Christians believe he is the incarnation of God, the Son, and the awaited Messiah, the Christ, prophesied in the Old Testament of the Bible. <laughs> uh, he was arrested and tried by the Jewish authorities, turned over to the Roman government, and crucified on the order of Pontius Pilate. Pilate. <laughs> Pi Pilate? Pontius Pilate. Is that what it is? Yeah. Pontius Pilate, the Roman prefect. Prefect. <laughs> God. Whatever. He was crucified by the damn Romans, all right? We all got it. After his death, his followers believed he rose from the dead and the community they formed eventually became the early church. Jesus is also revered outside of Christianity. In Islam, Jesus is uh, considered one of God's important prophets and the Messiah. Muslims believe Jesus was a bringer of scripture and was born of a virgin but was neither God nor the Son of God. Quran states that Jesus never claimed divinity. Most Muslims do not believe that he was crucified, but that he was physically raised into heaven by God. Like, why make that distinction, by the way? Yeah. Just, <laughs> so just because somebody wrote it differently, right? I mean, that's all. No, no, I think I like this story, but just let him have it. Yeah. In contrast, Judaism rejects the belief that Jesus was the awaited Messiah, arguing that he did not fulfill the prophecy and he was neither divine nor resurrected. So, would that mean that Jew uh, Jewish people just believe he was just a guy? I think he is still like, he's considered a prophet. I don't think they had, they believe he was of God or the Messiah. Has anyone ever confused you as a prophet or Messiah, Brandon? <laughs> no. You're, oh, that's interesting. No. I don't think he was a white dude with blue eyes. I think, well, that's a fact. <laughs> yeah. Well, I see a lot of paintings and pictures yeah. of him looking. A lot of those uh, right wing baby boomers would absolutely reject the idea that he was anything but what they see in those paintings. Yeah, I think he was... I guarantee you Donald Trump believes... <laughs> that he looks He looks like Thor from the Marvel yeah. movie. <laughs> so, yep, you got it. Yeah, he was probably a skinny fella because he was outside all the time and he did a lot of walking, he wandered around and he was also carpenter. Uh, so, the work he did was like very labor intensive. Uh, so, he was probably thin and sinewy. It's a word I didn't expect to hear today. Uh, kind of like leathery skin from being outside all the time, probably looked a little older than his early 30s. These people that he like touched their face to heal them or whatever, mm -hmm. what if they like, they were ready to be healed and then they saw his leathery old hand coming toward their face Ew. and they're like, Ugh, you know, maybe, <laughs> never mind, Jesus. <laughs> I think uh, no matter where, what your stance is on religion, Jesus is a good guy. That's a good guy all around. Unless he was a conman. I don't think so. So, you think that he believed it then or that it was real? I don't think he was trying to trick people. I think people may have just attributed some things to him that maybe he didn't say. Like, he probably didn't go like super hard in the paint on like, I am the only way to God. He probably said something kind of similar, but then, you know, maybe they twist things later to be like... Well, like, think about all the people he healed. Are you saying that stuff like probably didn't even happen either? It was just written about after, later? Yeah. For instance... After he was arrested, the priests and the scribes who interrogated him and put him on a trial, they were trying to ask him questions and stuff and somebody slapped him and he still didn't speak. They asked, are you the Messiah, the son of the blessed one? And he replied, I am. And then the guy who asked him, Caiaphas, tore his robe in anger, which is a real blowhard thing to do. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to rip my clothes <laughs> off. I'm so upset. And accused Jesus of blasphemy. But in the books of Matthew and Luke, his answer was more ambiguous after he... And this is the answer I always remember when he, they ask, are you the son of God? Are you the Messiah? 
his answer was, you said that or you say that I am or you've said it. I don't know. I thought that was such an interesting distinction. Like in this one chance where he could have literally said, I am the son of God, there are two different books that say his answer was, you said that. By the way, why, why include all four books in the Bible to confuse things like that? Of the Gospels? Yeah. I mean, aren't they all retelling the same basic stories? And you know, there's hundreds of books that were left out of the Bible, or dozens at least. Yeah. And so, they could have just left out a few of those. It's an interesting choice. I'd like to talk to the editor of the Bible. (laughs) Of the Bible. It is, you know, regardless of where one stands on the validity of, you know, Jesus as Christ, the things that were written about him, regardless of the intent, have changed the course of history more than anything else probably, at least in the last 2,000 years. More blood and more love. It's weird. Like no one has probably caused more bloodshed or more like compassion. Yeah. Interesting guy, that, that Jesus. Give me another guess in the top 10. Hmm. I can give you a pretty big hint if you'd like. Well, let me think here. Before 1400, you said no William Wallace. How about who is the Magna Carta guy? King James. He's not in the top 50. Oh, hell. Yeah, I need a hint. Jesus was considered by many to be a prophet. Oh, Muhammad. Mohammed. Number four. <laughs> Muhammad. So, does that mean Jesus is better than Muhammad because he's higher on this list? I don't know. All right. I'm joking. Muhammad lived between 570 and 623 AD, 34 million Wikipedia page views, and according to Wikipedia, Muhammad was an Arab religious, social, and political leader and the founder of Islam. According to Islamic uh, doctrine, he was a prophet sent to present and confirm the monotheistic teachings preached previously by Adam, Abraham, Moses, Jesus, and other prophets. Mm-hmm. He is viewed as the final prophet of God in all the main branches of Islam, though some modern denominations diverge from this belief. He was also a heavyweight champion boxer. (laughs) I know very little about Muhammad. Let me tell you about him. He united Arabia into a single Muslim polity with the Quran as well as his teachings and practices forming the basis of Islamic religious belief. The revelations that Muhammad reported receiving until his death form the verses of the Quran, regarded by Muslims as the verbatim word of God on which the religion is based. So, I know some people say that about the Bible too, but less so I think that the Bible is the literal verbatim word of God, whereas that is the belief with the Quran. Muhammad was an orphan by the age of six, raised by various family members. Eventually, he gathered an army of 10,000 Muslim converts and marched on the city of Mecca. The conquest went largely uncontested. So, Think about the difference between that and Jesus. Jesus never marched an army into anywhere. Uh, But Muhammad did. He marched 10,000 Muslim converts into Mecca. Conquest went largely uncontested and Muhammad seized the city with little bloodshed. In 632, a few months after returning from the farewell pilgrimage, he fell ill and died. By the time of his death, most of the Arabian Peninsula had converted to Islam. That's it. But it's fascinating that, you know, Jesus had this very dramatic exit. Mm Mm-hmm. Muhammad had a dramatic uh, conquest of the city of Mecca, but his death was extremely unremarkable. How did he die? He fell ill and died. Oh. And again, we're, we're barely scratching the surface here on Muhammad. I guess that's it. Did Muhammad. he ever chop off anybody's head? Yeah, a couple. More, uh, Jesus didn't do that. No. He kind of shook a whip at some people in that market. There's another prophet in the top 10. Paul. No, was he a prophet? 
what was Jesus's um an apostle? Yeah. He was a disciple. He disciple, no, that was it. No, he didn't follow Jesus. He I don't think he ever met Jesus. It was like it was a few years after he died. Yeah, St. Peter is tied for 29 on oh, this Peter, list. Peter, yeah. He is a uh, Oh wait. We're talking about Paul. That's someone yeah, different. Yeah, that's Paul. Peter was actually there with Jesus. So, Paul's not in the top 50 then. Okay. Uh, so, fuck Paul. Yikes. Uh, there's another prophet in the top 10 here. John the Baptist. No, not in the top 50. Abraham? Buddha is number seven. Oh, okay, yeah. Buddha, it's actually, I'm going to get in trouble. Gautama, Guatama, Buddha is the full name. Let me, let me take a look. I may not be any better. Oh, no, I'm not. Okay. Well, he lived between the 6th and 4th centuries BC, a lot less clear on his exact dates. 25 million page views to his Wikipedia page. Wikipedia says that Buddha was a monk, a mendicant, sage, philosopher, teacher, and religious leader on whose teachings Buddhism was founded. He is believed to have lived and taught mostly in the northeastern part of ancient India sometime between the 6th and 4th centuries BC. He is among the oldest in the top 10 as far as the furthest away from current day. He's believed by Buddhists to be an enlightened teacher, much like you, Brandon, uh-huh. who attained full Buddhahood and shared his insights to help sentient beings end rebirth and suffering. Counts of his life, discourses, and monastic rules are believed by Buddhists to have been summarized after his death and memorized by his followers. Various collections of teachings attributed to him were passed down by oral tradition and first committed to writing about 400 years after his death. So, Buddha's teachings and all that shit, everything we know about him, was passed down orally for 400 years. Playing a little telephone game. But, you know, who wouldn't mind something being passed orally for 400 years? Am I right, fellas? Good Lord. At the age of 80, the Buddha announced that he would soon reach Paranirvana or the final deathless state. I think that was between, never mind, and in utero. uh, And abandon his earthly body. After this, the Buddha ate his last meal... (laughs) I love the detail here on this next paragraph. Mm-hmm. We can only pinpoint his existence to a 200-year period, but we know the fucking, <laughs> to the fucking T what his last meal was. The Buddha ate his last meal, which he had received as an offering from a blacksmith named Kunda or Kunda. Falling violently ill, Buddha instructed his attendant Ananda to convince Kunda that the meal eaten at his place had nothing to do with his death and that his meal would be a source of the greatest merit as it provided the last meal for a Buddha. The precise contents of the Buddha's last meal are not clear due to variant scriptural traditions and maybe 400 fucking years of the telephone game. (laughs) However, most believe that the Buddha was offered some kind of pork. Uh Uh-oh. Others say uh, he He was also also offered a truffle or some other mushroom. Something hurt his tummy. Something hurt his tummy. That's Buddha number seven in the top ten. Tennis patron Buddha. Hmm. Okay, so there's two left, nine and ten. Yeah, and it's actually two number nines. They're tied. Okay. Well, they're both kind of military based. Okay. Let me start with that. Let's start with uh, one. Th- this one, uh, lots of movies, films, books based on this guy. Well-known name. He has a quote that maybe should have been in our top 10 quotes episode in one of the movies. Hmm. Let me start reading you a little about him. Okay. He lived between ele- uh, 111 and 71 BC, 22 million Wikipedia page views. He was a Thracian gladiator who was one of the escaped slave leaders in the Third Servile War, a major slave uprising against the Roman Republic. Spartacus? Spartacus. Yeah. Spartacus had a very short Wikipedia page, like two or three sections, I want to say. Wow, interesting. 
Little is known about Spartacus beyond the events of the war. However, all sources agree that he was a former gladiator and an accomplished military leader. The final battle that saw the assumed defeat of Spartacus in 71 BC took place on the present territory of Sinercia, Sinercia, in the area that includes the border with Olivito, whatever the fuck. In this area, since 1899, there have been uh, finds of armor and swords of the Roman era. Uh, but Plutarch and a few others claim that Spartacus died during the battle, but nobody was ever found. 6,000 survivors of his army were crucified aligning the Appian Way from Rome to Capua. Holy hell. 6,000 crucifixions. You know, even if you want to do that because you hated these guys, it's just a lot of work. God. Just building the crosses is a lot of work. Like, uh, didn't they have that in Game of Thrones where people were crucified yeah. or like just the endless screaming and suffering? How metal and messed up is that? Metal, yeah. That's the word I thought of too, Brandon. But think about all the overtime those crucifiers had to put in. 6,000 of the some bitches lining, they had to build the cross, carry the cross to the spot. A lot of post hole diggers used. Nail the, nail the motherfucker to the cross, you know, rest in peace, his soul, whatever. And then dig a hole, stand the cross up like a fence post uh, every few miles for however many miles. It's a lot of goddamn work. And they, they had people doing this shit instead of like building, you know, sanitation or buildings and shit and wherever the hell they're wasting time crucifying people. So I've never seen Spartacus. I think, I guess I need to. Did you know? Tell me if you knew this. I had no idea that the film Spartacus was based on a novel by Howard Fast, mm -hmm. but it was directed by Stanley Kubrick. Yep. I did know that and despite that, I still haven't seen it. That's, that shocks me, Brandy. The mm -hmm. phrase, I'm Spartacus from the film has been referenced in a number of other films and commercials. In modern times, Spartacus became an icon for communists and socialists. Karl Marx listed Spartacus as one of his heroes and how can, how can this guy be a hero when like all we know about him is that he fought in wars and died? Karl Marx described him as one of his heroes, has described him as the most splendid fellow in the whole of ancient history and a great general, a noble character, real representative of the ancient proletariat. I don't know why this guy is top 10. I mean, I know it has to be because of the movie. I'm not saying he wasn't important. I think the idea of him being a slave and then leading a revolution and an uprising is probably like a very inspiring idea. Well, I read in the when I was skimming his page, I saw that there was a lot of uh, debate on whether he really was part of that, whether or not he was actually leading a slave rebellion. Again, it's all just some hogwash that somebody made up. Some Hollywood writer wrote it. Yeah, it says, no historical account mentions that the goal was to end slavery. There you go. Hmm. Fraud, Spartacus, huh? <laughs> Did he even exist? So, there's someone who is tied for him. Yeah. And it's also a military... Well, based. it's closer to an Alexander the Great type mm. where he was a ruler. Mm -hmm. This is the one I was thinking of earlier when I said Alexander the Great was controversial. Okay. This guy's controversial because there's a lot of debate. There is truly a lot of debate whether he is a real person or not. Is he Greek? No. Or Roman? Nope. I'm out of guesses. This, is, this one's tough. All right, I'll read you some. He uh, lived between the 5th and 6th centuries, 22 million Wikipedia page views. He was a legendary British leader who, according to medieval histories and romances, led the defense of Britain against Saxon invaders in the oh, late King, 5th. King Arthur? King Arthur, tied for number nine. He had the details of his story are mainly composed of folklore and literary invention and modern historians generally agree that he is unhistorical. In other words, he didn't actually exist. Okay. Despite that, he's still number nine here. 
King Arthur. He is among the oldest figures in the top 10. Oh, lived to be the oldest. No, what I mean is he's the furthest away from modern times. The most ancient, I guess, in the top 10. Oh, really? Between the 5th and 6th centuries BC. Oh, good lord. That's a lot further back than I thought. I thought yeah, it was like medieval. Five or six hundred years before Jesus was born. Oh, I thought he was from medieval times. No. Here, He's from back when they were like wearing like furs and shit. Arthurian literature, so literature about King Arthur thrived during the Middle Ages. Okay. Um, so, that's when his legend really grew. That's why they made him look like he was from the Middle Ages. So, if you're living in the Middle Ages, there's probably, there, there's, there's no books about King Arthur. So, everything has got to be told orally over time, right? I would assume they had scrolls and stuff maybe. It's amazing. When you really do think about it, it is amazing how much information has survived over the course of history given all the variables. But anyway, we've been over that ad nauseum, I guess. He thri- his story thrived during the Middle Ages but waned after that and he was mostly uh, kind of uh, not talked about much until a resurgence in the 19th century. And in the 21st century, legend lives on through film, theater and more. Mm-hmm. The historical accuracy of King Arthur has been a source of considerable debate. Today, academic historians generally agree that Arthur was a mytholo- mythological or folkloric figure. He pulled the sword Excalibur out of the... Did he? That was the story. That yeah. The sword from the... No, he, did, he didn't get the sword from the stone. He got it from uh, the Lady of the Lake. There's different versions. Right. The sword and the stone is loosely based on King Arthur. Okay. He got it from some creepy lake lady. Wait, are you talking about his STD or his sword? His sword. Okay. I'm still not sure if you're talking about STD or not. So, you did it, Brandon, with a lot, a lot, a huge, plentiful, huge amount of help. You did it. Yeah, that was way more on the interesting side than it was on the nailing a guess, nailing the whole top 10 side. Hope you little assholes out there learned something. Let's go back through the top 10. This is top 10 most viewed Wikipedia pages ever of pre-modern people. Two number nine, Spartacus, King Arthur. Number eight, Plato. Number seven, Buddha. Number six, Mr. Aristotle. Number five, Genghis Khan. Number four, Muhammad. Number three, Julius Caesar. Number two, Alexander the Great. Number one, the man himself. Jesus. Hell yeah. That was fun, right? Yeah, that was a good one. A little different. Thanks for listening, everybody. And I want to let you know that what you're listening to now is episode 63. Episode 65 is coming up and it's going to be a Q&A episode just like episode 25 and 45 were. Episode 65 is going to drop the day before Thanksgiving. So, you have until then to send in questions for us to answer. Questions can be about anything. Could be about us, our show, could be about movies, TV, could be about politics, it could be about your weird fucking recurring dreams, whatever. Nothing's off limits. If you want to ask us a question, tag us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 10ishpod. There, I said it. What else do you want to say, Brandon, before we relieve our listeners? Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. 